Hey guys, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. I'm here with my good friend Vanessa. Hey guys. And if you're anything like us, you're starting to get into the routine of school days again and wishing for the leaves to change and the cool, beautiful days. Yes, I think the moment that I see the pumpkin spice latte hit the menu at Starbucks again, (laughs) my mind is just like, oh, come, I want my hot (laughs) coffee instead of my cold coffee. Yep. Um, But we hope your start to this school year has been a wonderful one and that this year is just a sweet one for you and your family. So today we wanted to talk about something that we have touched on before, but we felt like needed... um, just to be refreshed of ourselves. And that's just prayer. In scripture, we're continually reminded of the power of it and just our desperate need for prayer. Everyone from Moses to Jesus talked to God the Father in heaven and came before him on a regular basis. The psalmist shows us the raw side of prayer, the ability to change his mindset and to remind him of truth. And Christ himself shows us this intimacy that we can have with the Father as he himself poured out his soul before heading to the cross. And throughout all these examples in scripture, we get to see the purpose and the power of prayer displayed. Um, I was talking with my little Sunday school class of two-year-olds a couple weeks ago about prayer and just the privilege it is that we get to talk to God. And of course, you can imagine their little two-year-old responses um, and their excitement as most of them are just learning to talk. Um, But we were talking about how amazing it is that we can talk to God. And I love that one of the first things that we can teach our kids is, you know, to talk to the one who made them. And the prayers of kids are some of the most genuine, sweet, and faith-filled ones that we can hear. So what does the Bible have to say about prayer? Um, Martin Luther said it well. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible to be alive without breathing. Think about that for a second. John Piper said, God has established prayer as the means by which we receive his supernatural help. And without supernatural help, we can't live a life worthy of the gospel. Everything that distinguishes Christians from the world in a Christ-exalting way is a work of God's supernatural grace, and God has ordained that this grace flows to us through prayer. That's why prayer must be central, not peripheral, in our lives and families and our ministries. Oh my goodness, those are such true and powerful quotes. I love those, and Prayer isn't just a privilege or an option as a Christian. You guys, it is vital to our soul and our faith. It's the very heartbeat of the Christian. It is what we do. It must be. And there are countless verses in scripture about prayer and the different types of prayer. But we just wanted to touch on a few things that we pray would help you in your pursuit of Christ through prayer. So first, there's purposed prayer. And when we say purpose, we're talking about that time that you carve out in your day, hopefully daily, um, but we get it. It's it's hard sometimes, Um, but to actually spend time focused, just you and the Lord praying. It may only be for a short time, five minutes, 10 minutes, but it's that sweet time with you and the Lord uninterrupted where you pour your heart and your soul to him. 
where you acknowledge who he is. You thank him for his abundant blessings. You intercede on behalf of others or place your requests before him. And some of us use prayer journals. I know you do, right, Vanessa? Yes. Yes. And some of us use calendars where we pray for specific people or things like each day of the week so we don't feel as overwhelmed. And some even pray back scripture to the Lord, which is a wonderful practice as well. And Psalm 145 verse 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And Matthew 6 verse 6 says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who is in secret, who sees in secret will reward you. And Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. These are just some of the hundreds of verses in scripture that point us to our need for purposed and focused prayer. And we need this time with the Lord. We can't live this life in our own strength or apart from him. As moms, I feel like we know that so well. It's a, it's a battle every day that the Lord is victorious over and we are fully dependent on him. And just like any other relationship we have in our lives, our relationship with him is cultivated through spending sweet, hopefully uninterrupted time with him, getting to know him better, talking to him and developing that intimacy with him, which only happens through prayer. And I know it's hard to find these times and I've strategically figured out that the only time I really can have that quiet focused time with the Lord um, is at least an hour after I put my kids to bed because we all know our kids don't stay in bed normally <laughs> right after we put them down. So um, it's, you know, a, a, they're officially sleeped after an hour for the most part without coming down for any number of different reasons. But it's really a sweet, refreshing time that I can sit and speak with the Lord and it's usually quiet and dark in my house and it really does feel sacred. Um, it's so needed and so refreshing. And I found that what I love to do is uh, I start with thanking the Lord and then praying specifically to the people or for the people closest to me, like my husband and my kids. And then I slowly spread out further to uh, my family and neighbors and friends and um I just love my intimate time with him, with the Lord. And there are times where it seems I'm just speaking to a wall in front of me. But in those times, I sit and pray that he would give me the heart to feel the intimacy between him and I. Yes, I can totally relate to that feeling. And um, just mention back on that prayer journal that I keep. um, The reason I actually do that is so that, and I don't do it every day, but when I do, I don't get distracted because it's so easy when you're praying for your mind to start wandering to something else or what, or you start looking at something and then you start thinking about something. So when I'm writing it, I'm forced to stay focused on what I'm praying for. Mm -hmm. Um, Next there's continual prayer. And this is like those popcorn prayers that we cry out all through the day. God help me. (laughs) Please give me patience. Let us get through this next minute or get us here safely or whatever it might be. Um, Colossians 4, 2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And there's this image in scripture and this idea that we're continually to be calling out to the Lord all throughout the day, all throughout our life. We're in a constant conversation with him. Um, 
I like to think of it kind of like the relationship you have with your spouse, where even when my husband's not home, I feel like I'm in constant communication with him, whether it's texting or calling, you know, if he is home or talking, bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, I don't ever feel like we're not in communication. Um, I'm excited to tell my husband about things that are happening or when things are not going great. He's often the one that, you know, I run to, to tell him things too. And this is what we need to be doing with our God. You know, is he the person that we run to when something doesn't go our way? Or is he the first person that we praise and thank when something does go our way and we're super blessed? You know, do we cry out to him all day long? Do our kids see us coming before him all day long? It's such a good example to them of what it means to be fully dependent on the Lord when they see us crying out to God all day for everything. And for us to draw strength and grace and peace from him, it's something that is such a gospel example to them that, hey, this God that mom's talking about is real. This is a God that she has a relationship with and I want to. Um, like I said before, I, you know, even with friends, like for whatever reason, I am so quick when I'm having a moment where it's usually not a rejoicing moment. It's usually a down in the slumps moment or frustration or whatever, just to pick up my phone and send a text or a voice text to Lauren (laughs) or whatever. And just be like, help me pray for me, you know, whatever it is. And, um, I was thinking about this this week as we were preparing for this. And I was like, wow, like, do I do the same thing with my heavenly father? Like, okay, I might be asking you, my friend or my husband, hey, can you pray for me? Which isn't a bad thing, but have I even went to the Lord in prayer yet? Mm -hmm. Or am I saying, hey, pray for me? Like, and just wanting, you know, the empathetic response from them. And here's God, the one who holds all things together, the one who's in control of all things, who's using even these difficult moments or annoyances that I see to make me more like him. And how easy is it to just stop and pray or to say, hey, kids, let's get together. And we do do this quite often, actually, where we just have to stop and say, okay, we're going to stop doing whatever we're going to pray because mm-hmm. we need Jesus right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how how easy and how important is that for us as moms, as women, um, to really just lay our requests before him and to believe that he's hearing us and he's going to answer Oh, I love that. I love that idea to just stop the kids when we're having a hard time or something happens to just pray. It's such a good example to them as well. And lastly, group prayer. And we see in scripture the need to pray together, whether that means as a family or with your spouse in your Bible study or as a church. We need to be coming together as fellow believers and praying together. Prayer is powerful, friends. And in James, we read that the prayer of a righteous is powerful and effective and imagine how powerful and effective the prayers of many righteous together would be. We need to pray for the impossible to exercise true faith and expectation. When we ask according to his will, we can be confident that he hears us. Isn't that so cool? It's incredible to know that when we come together with our spouse and pray for the salvation of our kids, that he hears us and desires that too. And then praying as a family, not just at dinner time, 
you know, is again, another example for our kids to follow. They get to see us come to God for all things, to thank him for the triumphs and ask him for wisdom for decisions and to pray for him to help us through the storms. Praying as a family for all things is so vital and such a sweet picture for our kids to hold in their mind and prayerfully learn to exemplify their in their own lives and families one day. And one of my favorite things to do is to pray with my husband. The Lord draws us to him together as one flesh. And I just love the closeness. I love hearing the prayers of my husband and his love for the Lord and the ones he prays for. And when we are near to the Lord, we are near as a married couple. It's hard to find time sometimes that we have found that when we pray together often, we're more united and able to parent in a godly way and just go through life with confidence in Christ. So true. And I, you know, thinking how powerful, how powerful our prayers are. Um, and then two coming together and praying as a, as a couple and knowing just the enemy doesn't want that to happen. And so it's easy for us to be like, Oh, we're too tired or we'll do it another time, but just fighting for that because it is so important. And lastly, we just wanted to touch briefly on the tension that there is between the sovereignty of God and prayer, Uh, this precious reality that not one detail of all of our lives skips past the sovereign control of God. That, to me, is such a comfort and a hope for my soul um, to believe in a sovereign God who is in control of all things, who has a plan and whose plans prevailing no matter what. You know, God isn't surprised. He's not He's not just watching and in shock and reorienting his plan as things happen. Um, But sometimes that understanding can, I think, leave us, you know, to say, well, why am I even praying for this? Like, why does my prayer even matter? If this isn't even what God's plan is, then why should I even pray? We have to be believing that God's word is true and therefore we have to be obedient to it and his word commands that we pray Mm -hmm. and therefore we can trust that there is a purpose and a plan in that command because God uses prayers. R.C. Sproul said it well. He said prayer like everything else in the Christian life is for God's glory and our benefit in that order. Everything that God does, everything that God allows and ordains is in the supreme sense for his glory. It's also true that while God seeks his own glory supremely, man benefits when God's glorified. We pray to glorify God, but we also pray in order to receive the benefits of prayer from his hand. Prayer is for our benefit, even in light of the fact that God knows the end from the beginning. It is our privilege to bring the whole of our finite existence into the glory of his infinite presence. I think about my husband and I. And, you know, we're extremely close. He and I often know what the other's thinking, but I often just say, tell me anyways, (laughs) I want to hear what, you know, what you're going to say, even though I know what he's thinking. And isn't God so much more interested in what we have to say, even though he knows our hearts and minds, he wants to hear us pray these things. And when we pray, we get to see God work. We get to come before him and watch him answer and speak and move And he's the one who is enabling us to pray the right things. And when he answers, no matter what that may look like, he's glorified through all those prayers that we brought before him um, because our prayers matter. 
John MacArthur said, prayer is not a means to get God to agree with you or give you your selfish desires, but rather it's an affirmation of his sovereignty, righteousness, and majesty, and an exercise to conform your desires and purposes to his will and glory. You see, the more we pray and talk to the Lord, the more we know how to pray and what we should pray for, and the more we get to rejoice in the answers we see from his hands. I'm reading First John right now, and in chapter 5, verses 14 to 15, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. That is so incredible to me, to know that we can boldly come before God, praying according to his will, saying, you know, God, if this is your will, like we can trust and believe that you can do this, even things that seem impossible. And we can believe that, you know, as we pray more often and we seek to know him more, he is going to continue to align our hearts with his will. Just like in the Psalms, it says that God will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean he's going to give you all your wants that you, you know, your selfish wants. No, He's going to give you desires inside your heart as we pray for his will to be done and we begin to see it in our lives. So awesome. And we hope that this would challenge you to be on your knees daily before the Lord, that your desire to kindle a deep relationship with him would be first in your life, that you would see the value, benefit, and utter need that you have for this fellowship with him, and that you practically learn ways in which you can practice this in your life on a daily basis. Thanks so much for listening today. We look forward to continuing on this journey with you all as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.